Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 73 of the Generic Gaming Podcast.mp3, the podcast where we talk about a new video game every single week. My name is Logan Myrie, and as always, I'm joined by my esteemed co host and sound engineer, Eric Kraus. I was really hoping you'd do your Irish accent that you said was good and isn't. <laughs> Eric, I promise you, I'm so good at an Irish accent. I just need to warm up to it. And every time I look at you, you give me piercing eyes. Because it hasn't get, been good yet. Get me in my soul. I can't do the Irish accent. Well, once it's good, maybe I'll believe you. We also have some special guests today over from uh, the development student development team of Third Eye, uh, Jake Anderson and Megan Southwick. Uh, I'll let you guys just introduce yourselves. Um, all right, so uh, I'm Jake. I'm the programming lead for Third Eye, and I'm a senior here at Stout. Sweet. And I'm Megan. Hi, everybody. I am the art lead for Third Eye, and I'm also a senior in game design art. Very cool. And we are going to get into what you guys are making currently, but always we start off the show with a little bit of like, what have you been playing? Eric, what have you been playing? <laughs> I've been playing way too much Tetris 99. Yeah. Eric, we were, we were working on a project yesterday, you know, as we yeah. do, we work on a lot of projects, and uh, immediately we get back to our apartment, and we were going to keep working, and you just booted up Tetris 99, and all of it went out the window. <laughs> it wasn't my intention for us to stop working. I was like, I'll just do one or two rounds of Tetris 99, and then we'd get to work. But no one said anything, so I kept playing Tetris. And then we got into some Tetris battles, and yes. I, I, we, we determined that Tetris is the game that I'm much better than Eric at. Well, we don't know that yet. <laughs> we played three games, Eric, and I won both, I don't think both two of them. Three isn't a good enough number to determine anything. Okay. You been playing anything else you want to know about? Uh, no, not really. Not, I have nothing I can think of. <laughs> uh, I started Final Fantasy X, uh, the remaster on Switch. Uh, I'm like maybe 30 minutes in, but so far it seems interesting. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of pumped to get in there. Uh, I also am finishing up A Plague Tale Innocence, which we'll have a podcast out about at some point. Uh, it's quite an interesting game. I have a lot to say about it. I have a lot of thoughts. I know you do as well, Eric. Yeah. We'll save those. Uh, Jake, have you been playing anything recently? I understand if you haven't, because I know <laughs> that you guys are busy like actually making games and doing things. Yeah, it's hard to find time now to kind of just like really dive into a game. But like one game that I always pick up when I have some free time, like over spring break, I'm going to be playing this, is uh, Monster Hunter Iceborne. Oh, really? That's oh, I've nice. heard a lot of really good things. Eric, you played Monster Hunter, right? I played Monster Hunter. I never played Iceborne, though. Oh, Iceborne. Yeah, Monster Hunter World is the one I'm thinking mm -hmm. of. Yeah. Yep, yep. The Iceborne is that new DLC that came out uh, last year, the end of last year, I believe. I think in like September it came out. Yeah. Very cool. I've always been really interested in those games, but I've, I've just never jumped into them. Megan, have you been playing anything? Um, not a whole lot, but I have been playing Apex Legends every now and then with oh, my cool. fiancé and his best friend, so shout out to Subaloobs and Werbo. Um, yeah, I'm trash at it, but it's a so learning like curve. It. So am I. It's fine. Uh, it's a fun game, though. I really enjoyed what I played of Apex, and I guess my, my problem was that I don't have friends, really, and so it was like Eric and I and like a random third, usually, and it's, I would like to get back into it at some point. I do enjoy that game. Uh, I don't like that that statement applied I didn't have friends. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have friends, and, and I play with Eric, and he didn't bring anyone to the table, so by virtue of that, he yeah. also has no friends. <laughs> I do have friends, just for the record. But they don't, they don't play Eric, Apex, Eric? Uh, I guess not, you know? I guess not. Uh, anyways, you guys are here to talk about your game. What's the game called? So our game is called Pestilence. Game of the show. We're talking about pestilence. It's extremely <laughs> echoey in here. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just a stupid theme song thing that we made up a long time ago, and I love doing it. Um, anyways, can you, I'm, I'm hoping you guys can kind of just pitch your game to me quick. What is it? You know, we've played it, and we have things to say, but straight from the... the what is the Source. phrase? Sip stores. I don't know. I was looking for that. That was pretty uh, common, I think. <laughs> Yeah, so Pestilence is a fully 3D action 
kind of thriller game where you play as an ancient deity of disease trying to reclaim a disease that he neglected to watch over so it escaped to earth uh not much like the coronavirus but you know um so yeah you play as alos and you navigate through an abandoned tunnel system trying to uh navigate through some enemies that the disease has manifested to fight you and ultimately weaken the disease to reclaim it very cool and from what we played you guys kind of have this central mechanic of like uh you call it blinking yeah mm -hmm. which essentially like teleporting uh and i think that's super cool do you want to talk about just, you know, what, what what's up with that? What's up with the blinking? <laughs> All right, so the blinking mechanic, it was just like, it seems kind of simple, and that's kind of what we we're going for, where we wanted to not, like, overload the player with all these different things, or even overload ourselves with uh, development. We wanted to really uh, focus on one thing, polish it, and make it a really fun experience for uh, players. That is one of the things that I, I've, I've talked to a few game design majors and they say that, that one of the important things about making a student game is kind of picking a, th a thing and honing in on that mm -hmm. one thing and not trying to get too too crazy with it. Was that kind of the, the, the way you guys were thinking about it? Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Um, and so I am interested, you know, we both played it, Eric. I do want to know what you thought about the game. I thought it was really fun. I thought your guys' uh, mechanic of you kind of have to get through the level twice was kind of <laughs> really cool. And I like that you have to go through it in different ways, both ways. Or what, that that makes sense. The first way and the back way. So I really liked how like how did you guys come to the idea of putting it together like that, where your your levels are it's basically a, essentially a puzzle level, right? And then you have two methods to beat it. How did you kind of come to that idea of wanting to make it like that? So that actually came from day one. Uh, that and the blink mechanic. Surprisingly, um, the game design capstone starts with uh, what we call the mega crit, where we get. Uh, anywhere from like two to four pitches from each team kind of solidified together and we present it to a larger group and one of our initial concepts called lucid had the like two state idea where you have like the dream state and the nightmare state and so that carried over into pestilence and then the short range teleportation was also a part of the initial lucid concept and that itself also carried over. Are, are there other notable things that you know you guys had this initial pitch and now you've come here what has kind of changed along the way you think? The entire or, concept. The entire, <laughs> yeah. If if you saw what we pitched at that mega crit and what we're at now, mm -hmm. even with like uh, our slideshows, like comparing the two, I mean, it's <laughs> it's hard to find like the similarities. But we we know well, like where we're at and what mm -hmm. uh, influenced us to get here. What what do you think caused that pivot? Was it just like you guys were like, oh, this sounds way cooler? Or was it kind of a scope thing? Um, we had a couple of people on our team who weren't super sold on the initial idea. Um, and obviously, like, you can't cater to everybody, so you kind of have to come up with a healthy compromise along the way. So we spent a considerable amount of time in that compromise state. And some of us felt like it was too long, but it ultimately paid off because then we had a super clear direction of where we were going. And now we have three solid levels ready to play. <laughs> mm -hmm. Very cool. And I guess we should go back to, you know, you guys have a team. How many people are on your team? Officially, in our class, we have 10 people. Uh, five programmers and five artists, and then we have two students from Berkeley who do sound and audio for us, and then one additional artist from Stout who is doing cinematic artwork as an independent study for us. Very cool. Mm -hmm. So what, that's 13? Yep. <laughs> Just keeps growing. <laughs> yeah. And, and that seems like a really large group of people to kind of coordinate. I don't know. We've all worked on group projects, and it's a nightmare with, you know, three people. So I don't know. How has that process been of, of trying to, you know, get everyone coordinated to, to, I don't know, work on this one, you know, towards a one goal? Well, like, it's kind of nice. I like how our class is set up where our team, we have a producer 
who's more in charge of like looking over the whole project, making sure we're meeting deadlines and kind of organizing us uh, through our like uh, class routines, like our, our uh, stand-up meetings and things like that. And then we are split up with a programming lead and an artist lead that kind of um, have domain over the programmers or artists mm-hmm. respectively. So and that's you guys, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So you <laughs> so, guys now, then you guys kind of manage your teams uh, mm-hmm. respectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what kind of things... Are you guys working, you know, you're, you're on the computer, more of the computer science side and you're more on the art side. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you guys split up the work? You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I feel like level design is kind of like somewhere in there. How does that kind of work, you know, to, to kind of divide the work up between mm-hmm. them? Um, so, like, what ended up happening for our level is uh, one of the artists I'm good friends with, his name is Alex Greenberg, and we just, like, broke off um, before, like, really early on development and started uh, making a paper level layout for what we wanted to do. And we, so most of that collab was just between him and uh, me. But when we went back to the class, showed everyone, and it like got really good mm-hmm. feedback. And we kind of just went from there. So it just kind of just happened to fall on our plate. <laughs> we didn't really like make any decisions before then. Yeah. As far as the overall workload itself, like we started really early, like figuring out what people wanted to specialize in, what they would do if they couldn't work on that. It's like we have one programmer who really wanted to learn AI, so he's been working on AI. Obviously, we have our level designers, and then we have a couple of artists that have been really interested in particle effects, so they've been working on that. Or like I myself wanted to focus more on character design, so I've been focusing on that. So it's just kind of balanced out really nicely, and I don't think we expected it to be this smooth sailing. So it's been really, really nice. So how much time do you guys like spend actually working on Pestilence? Because obviously you're students, you have other classes. <laughs> this sounds like a yeah. full-time job already. <laughs> we have six hours a week in class, so three hours Tuesday, three hours Thursday. Um, not that entire time is spent working. We usually spend a decent amount of time discussing and going over anything that we need to share. Outside of class, it can range a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it depends on like your other workload for mm-hmm. your other classes and stuff like that. But, like our two week sprints, um, I think you'd average around like probably like forty hours mm-hmm. between those two weeks. Dang. So, so, it's, so, it's, so most of the time working on the game is actually spent outside, outside of classes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That does, that does seem, seem to precede the the. the, the <laughs> I don't know what the word would be like the notion the notion that that people have about uh, game design majors is like you guys are working all of the time. <laughs> um, you said you 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 know you kind of interested in character design. Did you make the the spooky brain spiders? No, um, one of our other artists, Hannah Shank, did the uh, character model for the spooky brain spiders. I had drawn up the initial concept and then she kind of took it from there. Um, so Hannah worked on the rats and the spiders. Um, one of our other artists, Ali Lloyd, did the eyeball that's on the wall. Um, Nate is working on what we call Big Bad, who's going to be the disease at the end. And then I myself worked on Alos. Interesting. Uh, I will say I did really. I don't know if the the canon name is Spooky Brain Spiders, but I I did really enjoy because uh, because I guess we should probably explain people haven't played the game is that you you know you're this deity you're moving through the level and kind of your main obstacle are all of these like spiders who like instead of their back what do you call that their thorax yeah. the thorax or whatever is uh, is like a brain instead which I I don't know, I think it's fun and then there's a bunch of rats and, and all that good stuff and you're moving through the level and trying to you know if you get too close to them they kind of explode or whatever and like damage you uh, and so you're trying to get through the level with like kind of dodging them and then the interesting part they already talked about was that you get to the end of the level and then things kind of flip and now you're, you know, you're on the offensive and you have to go through back through the level and, and kill all of the spiders which I did I actually really like that because you go through and you're like 
oh my god, these spiders that keep killing me, whatever, I'm keep getting stuck at this part. Uh, and then you, you get to the end, you're like, now it's my turn. And Eric, you always said you enjoyed that part as well. Yeah, I enjoyed that part. Always the feelings of power is like look for in games. Absolutely, that's why we're here for the god complex or whatever. Um, and so, you know, you guys are, the game's not done yet. Uh, how long, like, when did this start? Like, when did you guys actually start working on it? Let's see, we met up once before the semester even started in August, like late August. And like a week before classes. Yeah, and that was when we started solidifying those, like, two to four pitches for the mega crit. Um, but actual development on Pestilence began after the mega crit, so, like, late September, early October. I don't even think we started working on it, like, officially and stopped compromising on things and started getting to work until October itself, probably. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't remember the when our first prototype for the Blink was done, but like, once we started prototyping, I felt like we were making just great progress from there, but it definitely took a while to get the ball rolling. And now, you know, we're a month and a half, two months away from the end of the semester, and I'm assuming that's when your guys' deadline is. Uh, what are you, like, kind of prioritizing getting done in the game? before then? Let's see, we have the final boss level that we need to implement. We have the paper prototype all ready to go. It's just building it and coding it. Um, we have motion capture animation data that we need to implement for the character and the victim. So that is well on its way in progress. Other than that, it's a lot of refining and just getting animations and textures figured out and solidified and polishing. Mm -hmm. How many levels will the final build be? Four, if you include the tutorial. Right, yeah. Uh, and so, is, you know, it's, it's kind of up in the air at the moment, but Stout Game Expo is kind of like the big, is that kind of like the actual deadline? Like, you need to have like a final build by then? Pretty much, yeah. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Um, I do want to ask, well, Eric, I, I had a thought and it went away. You want to ask another question? <laughs> Wait, was your thought about a question? Yeah, I was like, well, I had a question, where'd it go? Well, I'm curious, you mentioned the final boss, like what's the, is, I assume the fourth level is going to be the final boss level. Is it going to be like, you just fight a boss or is it going to be the puzzle style where you have to get through the level, then you'll be able to fight him? You can better explain right. this. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be tough to explain. It was really good when I could draw it on the board, but like <laughs> um, the final boss fight, we wanted to be a good like combination of what you learn from playing the game. So all those mechanics that you got familiar with playing the game are all going to be on display now. So you enter this big circular room and you see this big boss in the center of it. And on three corners of the circular room, corners, whatever, <laughs> they're spread out and then there's three victims there. And what you have to do is you do that normal defense offensive state. You do that pattern three times, and each time it'll get progressively harder with more enemies. But since the room is circular, it lends to that design where you go uh, clockwise on your defensive state, and then you enter the mindscape. And now when you're in offensive state, then you go counterclockwise back through, and you'll do that three times before the boss's weekend, and you'll just... Uh, I think we just walk up to it, press a button, and you'll be <laughs> back in your pocket. Yeah. Um, one of the things, you know, you talked about working on the blink mechanic, and I feel like it's, you know, it's really cool to see all, like, the art stuff, like, the cool, the spider, like, you know, the spiders and all that good stuff and the levels, but I guess I'm just curious about what goes into making, you know, a central mechanic in the game, about, you know, this blink, he has to teleport. I don't know. I, I guess, you know, you don't have need to go into painstaking detail, but, like, what's it like trying to, to, to build this central mechanic? Well, I mean, a lot of it is, like, throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks, but it was always, like, uh, we came from... Like experience of playing games with blinks and trying to get a feel for 
like what felt good when you like played like a hyperlight drifter was like a good inspiration for our game and they have like a dash mechanic in there and I used that to kind of influence how we want our blink to work with there's chaining if you time it right and the distance for it changes and the speed of it changes um, we had to do a, a lot of weird stuff because Unreal was also very new for us so we had to like learn how to like the best way to get it to feel right we had to learn all these new techniques of uh, just uh, getting it to program right <laughs> If you could see the blueprint. Yeah, yeah if I could show you. <laughs> <laughs> While Logan and I were playing through it, we kind of had this like idea that it, when you're making the game, is there anyone on your team that's just like insanely good at like clearing the levels really fast? Because yes. you're like, if you're just playing this all the time, you probably get really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, James, one of our programmers, he's getting really good at clearing the levels. Uh, Alex is also getting really good. Um, admittedly, us artists do not spend as much time playing the game as we should, but at the same time, that makes it kind of fun for us when we do get to play it, because then we're not as skilled in playing it, so you can kind of nitpick a little bit more. But yeah, it's fun. <laughs> Was there anything that you guys had initially thought that you wanted to put in the game that maybe you had to kind of ditch? Because I don't know, I feel like when I you know listen, listen to developers talk about their mm -hmm. games, I always like you know, there was these many things in it, but there was also X amount of things that we wanted mm. in there and that we couldn't get in there. Is there anything that you guys kind of had to, to cut? I don't think we've officially cut anything. We briefly talked about having power-ups at one point for Allos, whether it was like health-related or an ability-related thing. Um, so in some of our early concepts, we have pictures of Allos like holding a little uh, sphere that's glowing, just like indicative of a power up, but we ultimately just kind of ditched that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess the backpack. Yeah, we cut the okay, backpack. yeah, that's true. Yeah, so way back when the initial concept was that Alos uses a hybrid of his diminished godly abilities and then like futuristic human technology, and that technology is where he got the blink ability. And we decided narratively that it just didn't make sense to have, so we cut that and we were like, blink is his god ability. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I do, I do want to kind of dig into the, the lore side of this. Mm -hmm. I don't know, because, you, you know, your game's called Pestilence. It's like one of the four horsemen. Uh, I, did someone kind of spearhead that, or did you guys all collectively go like, oh, that's cool? I don't know, because it, it does seem mm -hmm. like a really interesting, cool idea. Yeah, way back in, I think this was September, um, we were trying to come up with a narrative for the game. Like, we had the game itself. We just needed to give it a skin. Um, and Hannah spearheaded the idea of it being a god or, like, some kind of supernatural um, character and that kind of sparked a lot of interest in a lot of people so we kept playing with that and ultimately settled on this deity character um, personality wise we decided he was going to be kind of arrogant and cocky and just not the kind of person everybody wants to hang out with so with that um, the idea of him losing control over this disease is what sparked the idea of the gameplay itself um, and also leads into the cinematics that we have very cool. Um, yeah, I guess, Do you? is there a lot of stuff that's built that was not, you know, I, obviously it's still like a work in progress because, you know, we played, we went through and played kind of your beta stuff. So I, I guess I was just, because I guess I was like, oh, the game, I never thought about like the game is probably, there's more in it than just mm -hmm. what we've played. This is like the playable stuff. I'm trying to think. Um, the character, Alos, is not final in the game. Uh, we have a new character model for him in there. Uh, brand new animations that we'll be implementing as well. So what we have is just a placeholder, a polished placeholder that I don't want to remove until the mm -hmm. new one's finalized. Um, but as far as like the gameplay and levels itself, it's the boss level, 
um, and just implementing mm -hmm. textures and particle effects. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, we're not, like, there's nothing, like, that's waiting on getting implemented. Everything, like, that's been done is already implemented mm -hmm. in that game. So what you see is what we have done. Mm -hmm. um, there's nothing just kind of floating around. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Um, I will say I do, I really did enjoy actually like, like earnestly, cause I could see kind of like, I don't know, I think it's really interesting. I was talking kind of before to play these games cause all the student games I've played have, you know, been at SGX and I know that's like a kind of the, the finished mm -hmm. product or whatever, you know, in quotes. Uh, and, uh, it was really interesting to jump in and see kind of the beta build. Cause it, it's so, I feel like the, I can see the vision of like what's going on and like, I just think that's really interesting. Did you have the same thought, Eric? Yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed Especially because we kind of got we got the first beta and then the second beta, mm -hmm. so we kind of see the game as it's like kind of progressing, which is kind of a, a, just an aspect we never actually get to see. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely a cool, definitely viewpoint to go in and like watch kind of happen and progress. On the on that that line, uh, how many people do you guys have on like your email list? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I think the last count was like thirty or forty yes. individuals. Mm -hmm. Um, most of those people were added from MDEV, uh, which was a super awesome experience in Madison. Uh, we had, I think, six or seven of our teammates present. Um, and just within a short like one to two hour showcase, we had a massive number of people sign up to be playtesters, including devs from Filament Games and PUBG as well. Wow, that's so very cool. We have a wide variety of people on our playtest list, which gives us a very wide variety of feedback as well. So it's very, very helpful. What is the process of kind of going through that feedback? Because it feels like you guys do have like this, you know, really cool vision. I'm, I'm curious about how much that is, uh, I don't know, shifting things or saying like, oh, we need to work on this instead. Mm, well, like, yeah, for the most part, we go through all the feedback. We take it all like this is what someone experienced. Like we can't just like say like, Oh, that's not that's we're just going to disregard that because it's not how I feel it should be. But like we take it all and we kind of weigh it where like there was feedback we got at SGX. And I really like this like example where someone said the blink feels really good, feels really awesome. And then someone else says the blink feels really clunky. And they both felt different opposing things. But because they didn't go into enough detail, we kind of have to pull apart mm -hmm. what actually like uh, made them feel like that. Yeah. What makes it feel cool? What makes mm -hmm. it feel clunky? Mm -hmm. That, yeah, that does seem kind of, you know, you're getting opposing feedback. Like, what do we do with this? I know when, uh, you know, I used to work at the Sotonia, and we always would get, you know, feedback on our articles and stuff, and, and sometimes it is like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that I think that that's really interesting. Is that is that like a normal, everyone's kind of doing that in your in, in the other classes, in, in you know, that everyone's getting QA testers and stuff, or is that kind of like a, an initiative that you guys took? Yeah, that was all Joe's doing. <laughs> we, we had the idea of having like a feedback box at SGX in the fall, and that proved super helpful for us. And then uh, Joe was like, oh, I'm going to start a list of playtesters. Like, it's mostly friends and family right now. We were like, hey, let's bring that to MDEV. And lo and behold, we have 40 playtesters now. Wow. So. <laughs> and you, and you have found that you found that valuable? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. We have a Google survey that we send out with it that they fill out where the questions are really pointed and kind of like easy enough that they can go through or mm -hmm. won't take a bunch of time. Mm -hmm. It's very, very helpful. We yeah. took the survey. Yeah. Right, cool. <laughs> I put my feedback in there. Oh, nice. How many of these conventions have you guys been able to go to? Obviously, we were talking about GDC before the mm -hmm. show, but that was unfortunately canceled. It, has it just been MDEV and SGX? Yep, and then in the beginning of April, April 3rd, 4th, and 5th, there's the Midwest Games Classic in Milwaukee. Um, as of right now, we're planning to showcase at it. Obviously, if that too gets canceled, then that would be really unfortunate, but that's the plan right now. Yeah. 
what happens to this project? I mean, obviously, if you guys don't know, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But but once it's over, you get you know what I mean. Do you do you just say goodbye and, and or do you try to put it out there? We can say goodbye, which would be really sad. Um, otherwise, there is the possibility of like continuing to work on it. It just depends on time between mm-hmm. jobs and freelancing, what have you, um, and also just having the licensing for the software. Because uh, once we leave Stout, like we don't have the Adobe programs, uh, we may or may not have student licensing that's still carrying over from Maya and Substance Painter, um, unless any of us own ZBrush. Like we may or may not just mm-hmm. have the software in general. So that's one of the nice thing about coming to a school like this mm-hmm. is that they do give you a lot of those tools. I feel that you know in communications we get the Adobe Suite and stuff, and I use that for a lot of the stuff that we do. Uh, and it, it's going to hurt, I think, considerably <laughs> when we do not yeah. have access to those things. Would you guys be, like, say you had all this stuff, would you be allowed to, like, sell it and make money off it? I don't think so. Um, We sign a contract way back at the beginning of the year, I believe, saying that, like, our student games are technically Stout property made with Stout software. I don't know all the technicalities, so I don't think we can make money off of it, but I think we can make it, like, publicly available Mm, on Itch or something else. Yeah, I I think that's the case. (laughs) Um, so Pestilence is super cool and I, I'm really excited to, to continue to play it and, and, you know, hopefully SGX happens and I can come play the final build and stuff like that. I do want to switch topics a, a little bit and I, you know, you guys are both game design majors, I assume, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of on the opposite side, obviously not art and, mm-hmm. and computer science. Um, and so I guess I'm just, I want to throw out this grand question of what is it like <laughs> to learn to make games? And I understand that that is like the most, I don't know, loaded question, um, but I don't know. What's your reaction? Like, what is it like to make games? I don't know. Or learn to make games. Like, what's the process like? Do you want me to start? <laughs> I, I have an idea, I guess. Like, uh, like we, in our first game design class, 101 GDD, we have a teacher that goes from a very fundamental level of teaching us what games were through history. Like, teaching us the origins of dice and, uh, like, little, like, uh, community rituals or whatever that they do. Um that it was just always an experience of where people spending time or passing time, um, having fun. Cause like way back in the, like way back, you couldn't really do anything. <laughs> like you think you can just boot up the TV, turn on Netflix and you can just binge Luckily, for whatever. people died in like 20 years. So. <laughs> <laughs> to like fill that, uh, those 20 year void, they would roll some dice or look at bones or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes roll the bones. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, Uh, In high school, I was a traditional artist, so I painted, I sculpted, I drew. Um, Then coming here and seeing a lot of digital artists and people who had experience with Photoshop, Illustrator, whatever, and I'm just like, I don't know how to use these things. So for me, it was a little intimidating getting into it, um, especially with GDD 100. Um, I made a board game, and I was like, I don't want to make board games. This isn't fun. So I was a little hesitant going into it. I wasn't sure if it's really what I wanted to do. But then once we started getting into pixel and vector art and game design 325 and actually making legitimate games, you kind of just fall into your place and you realize, like, this is my niche. This is what I want to do. And then you get to Capstone, and it's like, hell yeah, this is what I want to (laughs) do. Are you having classes where you specifically learn the software, or is it like, okay, this is a class, we have this software, figure it out? Yes and no. Um, there are some classes that like kind of teach you the Adobe programs, um, Intro to Digital Narrative and Digital Imagery Studio, those kind of touch Photoshop and Illustrator. Um, intro to 3D Modeling and Animation goes into Maya and how to do 3D Modeling and Animation. Um, 
3D organic modeling, such as ZBrush. So like there are some programs that you're taught along the way. Um, other times it's just kind of like, here's the program, do with it what you must. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yes and no. Yeah. On the computer science side, what I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you're learning a lot of computer science-y thing. I don't know anything oh, yeah. about these things, you know what I mean? So I can't, I can't ask pointed questions, but I don't know. What is it like to, to learn all the, the infrastructural stuff and also kind of apply that to making a video game, you know? Uh, well, I, to me, it's so neat. Like, um, so much of, like, the computer science when you learn is just a reflection of the real world and then we're all doing it, building it all digitally. Mm -hmm. And so you get a really uh, good understanding of how things work. And I believe that like goes into a lot with game design. If you have a good understanding of how things work, like how someone walks through space, how someone can perceive light, you're gonna be like a really good uh, game designer, mm -hmm. programmer. That is very, very cool. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like, I always, I always have like, that's why I love talking to, to game designers and, and you know game design students and stuff. Cause I, I feel like you guys make the things that I love. And I'm and I just don't know how it's done. It feels like this grand magic of like, look, we put out this thing. It's you know, it's it's The Witcher Three. It's huge. It's 400 hours long. And I'm like, oh, cool, thanks. I don't know. And I just, I just so I I'm so curious about how these things are made. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's magic and sleep deprivation. Yeah, yeah, and that, and, then, and then obviously over the you know past decade or whatever, it's it's come out that like it takes a lot of hard work to make these things, and like you know there are people making these things, and maybe we should I don't know be nicer to those people. Um, yeah, so I guess I just that was my grand question of how you know Eric, you love games too. Do you have any questions about how your favorite things are made? Well, I already pretty much got mine out because I'm I just like we had this joke on our little walk over here that we're like we don't know like anything like on the program side. Like, what was yours like? Colon, uh, yeah. person blocks. Yeah, I was like, there you go, the person blocks. I was talking about a plague tale, and I was just like, I'm actually just curious to know, because there's this this whole concept of, like, the rats don't like the light. And there's this dynamic lighting, right? Mm -hmm. And, and you know, the light moves through things. And so I'm like, I wonder even how you would build. And also the, the rats are dynamic, too. They're all these little tiny rats, and they might want to move in this mob. And I'm like, I just don't know even how you go about saying rats don't like the light. You know what I mean? And so the joke was like, oh, they just go in the HTML and they say, you know, rats, colon, no light. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> if it was only that easy. Yeah, that would definitely be a question for TJ. He is our AI master. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it all depends on like uh, the engine that they're using. Like with Unreal, um, Unreal is so nice where they have a lot of the tools needed to make games. They have like their own AI system. They got their own animation system. Mm -hmm. Um, they have got all the visual based programming, um, which is pretty easy to pick up, like honestly, compared to uh, like other game engines, like even Unity. Mm -hmm. And it's also really nice for us artists who maybe have some or little to no coding experience. I'm a CS minor, so it's a little bit easier for me to comprehend C++ and Java and whatever other language we might be using. But for my other artists who don't have coding experience, they can look at the blueprints and still understand what's happening within the code. It's just not written in code. How are like game engines like? Are they vastly different from each other? Because like, like I'm literally just picturing like, say Unity versus Unreal is literally like just Premiere, Adobe Premiere versus like Final Cut. <laughs> it's like they're pretty close to the same. They're just kind of one's more limited. Is it kind of like that? Like, how do you even operate those? So like specifically Unity and Unreal, the difference I'd say like Unity. Um, they have a lot of features, but it's more about you can you have the tools to build whatever you want. Um, so like you can build your own uh, like advanced collision system in Unity, mm -hmm. whereas in Unreal they already have that. So you just need to learn that system. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you prefer one over the other? 
I'm 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 a pretty big sellout for Unreal right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way it looks. I love the way uh, it runs, and it seems like all the tools that they have is what we need to make a game. So when you're like going to like get a job at some X studio, do you look for like what uh, engine they use, or do you do you just like I'll take the job? <laughs> I guess it could go both ways. Like I've seen job postings where it's like you have to have experience in Unreal, you have to have experience in Unity. Some companies are like you have to have experience in both. So I have experience in both, and I don't mind working in either. So for me, it's not really a cop out if. One company is like, oh, we're going to work in Unity. Yeah, no, bye-bye. Um, I don't know. I guess it could be preference, but it mm. also is just, I want a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, obviously, you guys are here talking about this game and kind of part of your team, but but on a more personal note, I don't know. Do you, do you guys, is there like a dream? Like, I'd love to work for, I don't know, Blizzard or something. You know, do you guys have kind of that, that thought in the back of your mind? Ironically, that was once the dream. <laughs> 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 yeah, for the longest time, like sophomore and junior year, I wanted to get my internship with Blizzard and inevitably work for them. And that didn't happen, but the dream is still there. Like, I want to work with AAA companies, maybe making virtual reality, who knows. Um, for me, I mean, it was like literally a freshman year high school. I was like, I want to work for Bungie. That would be my goal someday. But now I'm kind of not feeling so hot about working for a big AAA company. Well, but technically they're dependent now. <laughs> <laughs> they're massive. Yeah. <laughs> AAA independent studio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But I, I still just want to – I really want to make games. But where I land after I uh, graduate, that's still mm-hmm. up, in the, up in the air. And there are so many different ways that we can apply our skills to. Like there are game design art kids who work in architecture or they work in medical animation. Uh, I have a friend who works at Pixar right now and she was game design art. So Oh, like, I think we wait. Oh no, never mind. I was <laughs> I was thinking about our friend Maggie from uh Maggie uh, Clark? Yeah. Yeah, that's her. Oh, yeah, yeah. She yeah, she uh she we worked with her at the Stoutonian. I was like, wait, is that yeah, is that yep, Maggie? That's yeah. her. She's great. Yeah, Maggie's cool. Very good. <laughs> But yeah, just our, our skills are so adaptable that we could literally do whatever we wanted. So like, I could go into medical animation. I've been looking at a couple different places. Like, you, Jay could also go into medical animation, like, literally <laughs> program anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, like uh, at Stout, the game design computer science degree, mm-hmm. it's, it's computer science now mm-hmm. with the concentration in game design development. So that computer science degree could land you a software engineering job pretty mm-hmm. much anywhere. We know uh, someone, friend of the show, Drew. He was in game design, uh, and and now he does like I think IT stuff, like uh, yeah. infrastructural stuff. I don't know. So it's, I think it's I think it's super cool because games are like this this amazing meld of different professions, mm-hmm. and then you guys are so like at, at the top of your game. You know what I mean? And I just think that's so cool because we're you know blame communicators who just <laughs> talking to microphones. <laughs> hey, I don't like to work hard or very often. Nope, I don't like to work hard <laughs> or very often. Uh, anyways, yeah, just kind of final thoughts. Um, I think Pestilence is super cool. I, I'm really excited that you guys are just making this game and that I, we've gotten the chance to play it and talk to you about it. Um, is there any, do you guys have any socials or anything you want to plug on the show? We have this grand audience, top number one on iTunes. <laughs> and now I'm trying to remember all of our tags. Um, we are active on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and we have a website. Um, we also have a subreddit, but that was just made, so I don't know how popular <laughs> that one is. Um, but we are, I believe, Third Eye Stout on Twitter, Instagram, and I think Facebook too. And then our website is just pestilencegame.com. Very cool. Eric, do you have final thoughts about pestilence? Not about pestilence, but why, why, why Third Eye? Oh, yeah. We just kind of threw that out there. Like, we had a bunch of different names that we were going through, and we were also just trying to find a studio name that 
doesn't exist. And good luck with that. As people yeah. who have to name things often, we're terrible at it. <laughs> <laughs> Hence why the show is called the Generic Gaming yeah. Podcast.mp3. <laughs> game, game studios and just like anything in the entertainment industry have some of the best names out there. I just so happen to have a sticker on my water bottle that's like Third Eye E Liquid, which is like vape juice. And I was like, Third Eye, that's cool. That is a cool name. I actually noted before we came here that I thought Third Eye was a cool name. And you guys have a cool logo. It's a little eye, it's like purple and green. Uh, one of the funny jokes from a podcast that I used to listen to a long time ago was that game studios and just some games just have random ass names and they pick them in random ways. So like the the joke was that a game could just like they looked at shit in the room. There was like knob and then the light switch. Knob switch is the game. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it works. Yeah. And so I love that sometimes there are these like grand trends too. Like last year we got the Outer Worlds and the Outer Wilds, and yeah. I'm sure there was another one in there. Uh, yeah, anyways, uh, everyone should keep an eye out for Pestilence. I don't know. Come to the Stout Game Expo and play it and tell them how cool it is. Uh, anyways, I would like to extend. I w- you know, we run the show every week. Uh, you guys both seem really cool. If you ever want to come back on the show, talk about a game that you love, uh, a game that you hate, whatever. Uh, we'd love to have uh, more conversations and, and keep up. Uh, anyways, this has been the Generic Gaming Podcast. MP3. Thank you so much for listening. Please tune in next week when Tom Nook comes on the show to offer us an interest-free, pay it back when you want loan. Anyways, we love you, unless you suck, in which case we don't, and you should probably work on that. Have a good one. Bye.